0: Travelers, I'm Josh,
1: and I'm Kahi,
0: and we're
1: the The Genshin Genshin Guys.
0: Guys. Welcome, all this podcast is for fans of Genshin Impact, the mobile game made by Hoyoverse, formerly known as MiHoYo. Here we talk about our opinions, experiences, and dreams about Genshin Impact. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to the podcast. So before we get started, Kahi, how are you doing today?
1: (sighs) Finally home after a long day at work, but I still have just enough energy for this live stream recap for 3.1 because holy dashrit, there was a lot. And uh, I kind of kind of feel bad that I was kind of slacking against because I was watching the Cyberpunk Runners. Did you watch that yet?
0: I have not yet watched that, but I really want to. Oh,
1: it's, it's great. It is so good. I don't even like Cyberpunk, but I watched the anime because it's Studio Trigger. But yeah, that's what took up most of my time this week. And what about you, Josh? Anything interesting happened today? How's your weather up there?
0: Oh, so um, actually the past three days, um, I was at Tokyo Game Show. And Tokyo Game Show is kind of like, if you guys know what E3 is, um, it's like an exposition, an exhibition for new games and for the game companies to kind of show their stuff. Um, I got to play a lot of games that are not coming out until next year, like the new One Piece game. I got to play. Um, I got to play what's it called, uh, Sonic Frontiers. So good! I'm so excited for that game, um, and a couple of other things as well. I got to play a lot of indie games too. It was Super fun. But it was very loud there. It was very crowded, and I like my voice is definitely not near 100% right now. But um, at the same time, really excited because in the middle of all that i got to watch the the genshin live stream it was really awesome um and oh speaking of that there was actually a genshin uh there was a hoyoverse live stream for uh, like for tgs but they actually weren't at Tokyo Game Show um they were i think they were supposed to be but when i when i went there the first thing i did was look for them but it turns out they're only online so yeah so they basically weren't at the event actually which was really disappointing because you know i'm all the way here i want to do like get some merchandise or something but it is what it is but anyway um that was a crazy weekend Um we have like three typhoons heading toward us or like some big super typhoon so like uh on the last day it was raining like crazy but fortunately the entire event basically is uh inside so wasn't that bad but um yeah had a really really fun time this weekend uh at tokyo game show it's the first time that they've done it live in person as an event and not online for the past three years and I went to the one three years ago so it was really nice to uh, to be able to go again but uh, yeah that's been my week and uh, here we are doing the podcast today really excited to talk a lot about the things that we have seen on the 3.1 preview from the live stream. Um, as always these episodes we love doing these episodes we love speculating. But um, it's going to be a long one, so strap in and get ready to talk about Genshin, or at least listen to us talk about Genshin. And uh, with that being said, I'll introduce today's topics, which is um, going to be mostly the live stream, but we're going to first talk about our weeks in Genshin. Um, I know Kahi already hinted that he's been slacking a little bit, so we'll talk about that in a second.
1: Just slightly, just a <laughs> bit, just a bit <laughs> smidge, just a little smidge.
0: Um, there's a little bit of Genshin news stuff that I want to mention, as always, and then uh, we will basically talk about the live stream for most of the podcast today, and then at the end, as always, our community discussion question. Thank you, thank you so much, everybody, for always responding to those. Uh, we love reading your responses, and you know, there's so it's always interesting ones. There's always really funny ones. it's always really um, nice to hear what you guys have to say. Um, so let's uh, keep the discussion going. And get started with our podcast with our first segment, our weeks in Genshin. Boken the boken! So, uh for our week in Genshin, Kahi, uh what was uh what was your week in Genshin like?
1: Well, following the live stream I knew I had to start farming for some hydro artifacts. I thought I honestly thought I would be farming for the the new set from the new domain with the dendro artifacts where you can get like elemental mastery as well, but uh turns out uh i'm gonna be looking for a lot of hydro so farming for that just throwing stuff into the artifact strong box at the alchemy table but i've been kind of practicing with my kokomi ka sucrose and mona team i'm trying to i'm trying to have like a mage team but i still need some kind of melee involved and i'm finding a pretty interesting combo because sucrose when she does her burst it knocks people up into the air And what I can do with Kaching is use her skill, aim it up at the air, hit them midair, and I can still hit them with a diving attack. Or, you know, falling attack, which is great. It looks so cool. But just being able to do, like, Mona's ult into Kaching's burst, like, back to back to back, and just have Sucrose just swirl everyone together and Kokomi just for a healer. It's actually turned out pretty fun. Um, But uh, any new teams on your teams? Any prepping that you're doing for the new characters
0: yeah um so actually i've been streaming a bunch um this past week and um doing the tenari story quest um i was actually just on stream right before this and um, talking with some people about optimizing my uh tartaglia and it's funny that because i also really really am excited for candace that um, i'm i'm doing the strongbox set for tartaglia so like I'll probably get a really good set, and if I get one that I can use on Candice, I might just like switch the set over to her. But, um, but yeah, Child is a really, really t- Child slash Tartaglia is like really, really fun. Um, I've been like he was one of my first like main characters, and I just kind of wanted to buff him because um, I want to use like more Dendro Hydro combinations, especially if like Nilo becomes Nilu becomes a thing later, and um, you know just as we go forward. I don't. I I've been trying to roll. For Kokomi and Dori, those are still the last two characters I don't have of all the characters in Genshin so far and have not gotten either of them, and I'm about 40 pulls into her banner. Um, so if I lose the 50-50, I'll probably stop and I'll wait for um, uh, Sino and Candace. But as of right now, I'm still going um, and have no luck yet. And um, as far as new teams, I was actually trying out Kazuha, Mona, Shunha, and Aloy. Um, because I really wanted to do, like, a a freeze comp that, uh, that, like, emphasizes, like, Aloy's, Aloy, that emphasizes Aloy, so, like, being able to, like, pull all the bombs and the enemies together into the bombs, um, using Shanha for the ice damage, Kazuha when he swirls ice, it also gets extra damage, uh, Mona to freeze everyone and for the damage buff before using Aloy's, uh, Aloy's elemental burst, so... I was just trying to have fun. Like, I, I really like using Aloy. It's just like, you know, she's not in a lot of teams and, I'm, you know, for, for reasons. But, um, you know, whatever. Have fun, right? Fun over meta. <laughs> hey,
1: do you do you have Klee? Right I do now? have Klee. Did you try using Klee and Aloy? Because Klee leaves her little grenades and Aloy leaves her little ice grenades. And they fuse Kazuha. I wonder yeah, what yeah, yeah but like.
0: I don't like using Klee. <laughs>
1: I know, but it's like, like their the skills are her, very similar. Her,
0: um, yeah, and I thought about that too, especially about like using Jean and stuff for to pull things together, but um but like Clee is kind of clunky to me like the way she attacks. So I yeah, I don't yeah, know. I agree. I, yeah. yeah, it's like maybe there'll be a comp where I will use it. I I did like messing with her when I first got her like using albedo and, like, putting her on the platform, like, in the trailer and just, like, throwing bombs <laughs> off the platform. Oh, which is that's really hilarious.
1: Funny. I love watching that little clip I mean, right? when I first saw it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I love that. I, I love, like, making those, like, cannon teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's funny. Um, mm. so, With a so charge yeah. attack, too. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I mean like, um, like Albedo and Klee are canonically friends you know what I mean? oh, like oh cannon i thought you yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> like wrong, t- cannon. wrong cannon
1: <laughs> wrong cannon yeah of course
0: glass cannon yeah so so yeah so that's that's been my week in genshin um yeah so uh let's move on to the news and then live stream we have so much to cover let's get started with genshin news okay quickly our first news to cover is that albedo speaking of albedo had his you know quote unquote birthday we know he's not like a, a person but I guess it's a day that he was made um, September 13 um, and uh, that's that's the the only birthday that we had so far and there's a bunch of events I just want to remind everybody that there are a bunch of events going on a lot of which are ending soon um, I don't even I don't even have all the names written down but there's like three or four events going on simultaneously. Make sure to finish those, uh, like Cole's event and the one where you have to, uh, man, I don't even remember. There, there's there's a couple of different events going on, so just uh, don't forget about those. The um, And the next thing I want to mention was that, besides the live stream, uh, there was a another stream the day after the live stream. For those of you that don't know, For Tokyo Game Show. Um, So that's where I went, where they were doing everything online. Uh, At the Tokyo Game Show 2022 uh, Hoyover stream, they talked about uh, Genshin, a couple of the voice actors, the Japanese voice actors were kind of reminiscing on their times playing Genshin and their favorite moments in the game, the story so far. And they also mentioned uh, the collabs, the collaborations that they're that Genshin is doing with several shops and brands in Japan specifically. So um, the uh, convenience store chain Lawson, they are doing a uh, like a Hu Tao and Yoimiya theme kind of collaboration, which is really great. Um, and uh, they're also doing a Sweets Paradise, uh, which is a little restaurant, like a sweets restaurant in, uh, in Japan. They're doing a collaboration. Um, I'm actually going to that one uh, maybe once or twice because every week that they're doing the event is a different the week of a different character's birthday. Or they're at least celebrating a different character's birthday. So th- there's actually a reason to go multiple times if you want some of the different merchandise that you can buy there. There's a lot of cool Genshin merch there. So um, if you live in Japan, uh, definitely worth checking it out. And uh, there's also, like, a sort of perfume or cologne line. I'm not too sure, but uh, they're doing a collaboration as well. And the last thing that they mentioned was a Bandai-Namco uh, collaboration where they have these, like, little plushies. And I think that they're meant for the either, like, the phone machines, like, where you, where you get a random item, like, in, like, Akihabara and those places. Um, and as well as, like, a, what we call, like, the UFO catcher, the crane games. Um, So I think you can get those prizes there, and they were just announcing the collaboration. So because it was Tokyo Game Show, and they had the Japanese voice actors, they were just announcing a lot of things that had to do with Genshin plus Japan, so really, really cool. So look out for those things if you're interested, if you're a collector. uh, Might be worth checking out online to see if uh, there's anything interesting that you would like, and maybe you can arrange to get it from overseas, I'm not sure. But it is going on, they did announce it very recently. So... Okay, so that's the stuff that happened that's not part of the live stream, which we're going to be talking about today. And um, yeah, so that is our Genshin news for the week. Now, let's get started with the live stream talk. So this talk is going to be uh, similar to the talks that we've done in the past. Um, but uh, I'm going to let Kahi lead here. Kahi has chosen a bunch of different still frames from the trailer that he's going to describe and talk about. Um, and um, we're going to talk about our speculations on these pictures. And of course, we don't know anything. We don't know the story ahead of now. But we love to talk about it. We love to guess and just, you know, be completely wrong or be totally right for no reason. Like, just have fun talking about the content that we're really excited for. And now that we have our long-awaited desert coming to Sumeru to be finally be playable, um, there's so much, there is so much in this trailer. So if you haven't seen it yet, the live stream, I recommend that you pause right now, you go watch the either the whole live stream or just at least watch the uh, 3.1 patch preview trailer that's like a couple minutes long that shows uh, a little bit of the story, a little bit of the new characters as well as the new environments. So without further ado, Kahi, go ahead and get us started.
1: All righty. So the live stream opens up with actually a character demo, you know, a little cinematic showcasing other little moves and their voice lines. And we'll definitely get into that in just a little bit. But for the rest of the actual live stream, they go in a certain order. So they began doing a deep dive into, first of all, the scenery and the, the story of the area in the zone and just kind of the implications of what everything looks and how it ties into the story as a whole now to begin they talked about design languages i believe earlier when they were introducing sumaru they were talking about how dendro itself the element has design languages like life and wisdom and you know energy and stuff like that so the area which is called The Deshret Desert, named after the Scarlet King Deshret. Uh, The Deshret Desert has three design languages, and those three are Death, which is, of course, the antithesis to life, and then the second one is Mystery, and then the third one is Technology. So you can definitely tell that these things are going to be recurring themes. Everything you see in there has to relate to some of these at some point. Uh, Even the local wildlife will kind of mimic these as well. So first thing we see, in when they're introducing the area, is a kind of an aerial shot above a mountain, looking way off into the distance, and the central, you know, draw of the eye is going to be this py- uh, pyramid, with a, another like kind of diamond floating above it, with a inverted pyramid above that. So from a from this vantage point we see that the pyramid is going to be visible at all times from pretty much everywhere in the zone with exception to some you know cliffs that are like you can be on the other side but it's like a big central part of this area so the the desert is again called the Deshrit desert what i kind of like about this and when they were talking about it they actually sent their developers to a real desert for inspiration which, which I got to respect. It's like you can always do your research from sitting at your desk. Just look They stranded them there for one it, week, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how they do it there, but I hope they went to a nice part of a desert. Uh, there's kind of like a lot of deserts they could have gone to, but hopefully it wasn't something that was in an unstable region. But they actually went to a desert, and I respect that. I like how they needed to get themselves immersed into it. Um, then the next one, we have a picture of Aru Village, A-A-R-U. Um, of course, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's pronounced Aru or I I don't, we just see two A's. Aru Village. Um, it's kind of a hidden village in this kind of broken canyon with some, a lot of bridges are going to connect these broken up areas. Uh, of course, it doesn't look too developed. Um, this particular village, I think is a lot bigger than we think but um one thing I notice is that this seems to be like either building off of existing ruins or they're just kind of like makeshift buildings but there does seem to be kind of a centralized pillar with most of the most of the buildings where I guess residential districts are and then it does look like there are some uh some bigger buildings off to the side so we have like the fourth picture here yeah this is it feels like they're still of course building it's kind of like a safe haven for like some not just refugees but like travelers and this. they did say specifically they have taken in many exiles from Sumeru and the academia so this might be kind of like a neutral zone neutral merchant trading route hub for anyone wandering throughout the desert um some central buildings with some lookouts and some guards it doesn't seem very heavily guarded so maybe the guards are kind of like out in the desert, just ensuring people don't wander too close this way. So this seems to be like a non-aggressive area. Um, there is there is definitely one building in particular that kind of looks like it's the only one that has a guard at all, but there's like one bridge kind of leading to it. And this building's kind of big and there's like two stairways to get to it. And it's kind of against this wall. Uh, I don't know about I don't know if this is like the best vantage point for it, but something tells me like these buildings were either built off of another ancient civilization and then just kinda of like you know, re- remodeled it and just added to it. But um yeah, this village seems pretty pretty nice, pretty quaint. Uh what about you? Uh, what about you, Josh? Any what's your first impressions of this village?
0: Uh yeah, I mean being a desert village, like it, having to kind of take advantage of the environment that they're in, um, you know, they, they, they seem to have found an environment with some trees, um, and it's got, you know, these, like, the towering sort of, like, rock formations that provide some shade and shelter from any sort of, uh, natural things, like, I guess, like, sandstorms and etc. um, and the fact that it's, like, on this sort of, like, uh, like, it's sort of, like, um, like, suspended above, like, a big, like, abyss. Um, I think it's a lot easier to defend from, like, outsiders and enemies. Um, but, but yeah, they, it looks like they just, they really just tried to build what they could around around this structure. And it's pretty interesting because it kind of um, reminds me of Sumeru City, which is kind of, like, built around, like, a giant tree. And it's kind of, like, the opposite because it's in the desert, built around a giant rock. Um, so... I think if you put those like two cities next to each other um, they look really similar but but yet you know they're in totally different environments um but uh yeah i mean it's it's really really interesting
1: yeah they did talk about having this persistent theme of opposites when they went into this whole 3.0 patch in the first place like how sumaru is going to be the luscious you know very well developed very rich environment and then we have desert where everything dies so this kind of keeps on point on that theme um but there are going to be people who still thrive no matter what environment they're in so after the village they're starting to talk about the open areas and what you might find out there in the open desert and there is a of course an oasis i don't know if this is the only oasis but there may be more one interesting thing i noticed about the oasis like the picture they showed of like an overhead view of the water I mean of course very very shallow but there's a fishing spot so I'm not sure how the fish got there but yes there are definitely going to be some things you can fish out of the water you can tell by these circular ripples that indicate that hey you can go there and interact with your fishing pole it'd be kind of weird to have like a fishing pole vendor or some kind of fish vendor around here but uh, it would be pretty interesting to see what you could fish out of it but I just wanted to point that out now They then started to go further and further towards the pyramid. Now, the pyramid is called the Mausoleum of Deshret. So, a lot of ancient technology revolves around this dude. Um, And just to to recap about it, Deshret and Ruka Devada, their clash created the desert. I believe that's what their folklore or their ancient history texts were talking about. So, of course, they're going to make the biggest thing in this in this desert going to be dedicated to him um the desert mausoleum you can definitely go into it obviously but there's a lot around it first there's a lot of puzzles a lot of mini games and they said they made extensive use of the miniscape structure loosely meaning that there's you know many puzzles all around the pyramid now i kind of like these because they it just it's going to fill that emptiness around the pyramid, not just, hey, take this one path to the pyramid and everything cool is in the pyramid. No, there's actually cool stuff around it and, of course, below the surface too. They have a lot of mechanics, uh, a lot of mechanisms to activate. One thing that I thought was interesting uh, is that they have this floating game. They have, like, you know, sandglass time trial. Just hit all the sandglasses and then you, you pass. But they have this thing called Transparent Ruins Challenge. Uh, Josh, do you see that? The slide that i'm on right now the transparent ruins where you're kind of like running yeah yeah i remember that part in
0: the video it's really really interesting
1: first thing i noticed was what's below okay if you fail this do you just drop down below or is that just art and you just fall to your doom but can you just go down there intentionally i mean you should because there's like cool stuff down there <laughs> there's like a whole like hallway and a whole doorway to like another room down below the challenge you're supposed to be on so i I kind of want to intentionally fail the, char- uh, the challenge just to go down there. Um, but there's like a chest at the end of it, so I'm assuming you have to have characters that can move quickly. Um, and then they pull out in the demo, they pull out uh, Sayu and then just use your ability, just r- spin right across it. Yeah, I, I remember that's that. That's pretty funny. Like you have to have a character that has like a speed boost or like Mona or Ayaka, whoever. But um, after they show like what's going on around the pyramid, We have these things called the primal constructs. These were those like small little triangular pyramid sentry enemies that are going to be littered around the area. Um, So primal constructs. I I didn't think these were going to be related to ruin guards, but they were referred to as just ruin machines. So I guess ruin guards, ruin machines is just like a very, very broad description of ancient mechanisms from back then but they definitely have their own strong, unique theme to it. I don't know if they're related to all the other Ruin Guards we've ever seen up to this point. There is, of course, that giant um, malfunction, not malfunction, that giant downed ancient Ruin Guard, that huge one that's in that one canyon kind of a little while ago, and it's just arm extended like it was chasing something. It's just just there. Um, These are very unique they're very they're more technologically advanced as like the themes that they were talking about earlier and then there's a picture like their idle animation they have like this hollow screen that they kind of are looking at or inspecting even so to me it looks like they're either scanning something or communicating or just logging something so these things if they were built primarily to be sentries it, they just might be scanning the area. But if they're, like, talking to something else, maybe they're, they're big boss on the inside, Um, maybe there's, like, a, another original use for them. But, um, Josh, do you think these guys are going to be hard or just simple trash mobs? What do you think?
0: Um, I, I think they're just, like, the sort of medium level, maybe. Like, kind of like the wolves in, uh, in, in Azuma. Like, they're, like, the harder than the normal enemies. You kind of have to think a little bit when you're fighting against them, but they're still pretty easy to get mm-hmm.
1: around yeah you know yeah, so their attacks uh, You see the picture that i had that i zoomed in on the the beams that these little ones are shooting out so you can tell like they're they're bluish of course they're very very straight so they're lasers but like the kind of glow around them is more like uh, it has a lot of right angles into it so this is you can tell it's, it's technology. It doesn't look hydro because it doesn't look wavy, but because it's blue, do you think this is true damage or like hydro damage or is it? Nah, like this, another this is type this of is
0: this is either this is like this has to be true damage. Like there's no way. Like yeah, the, it, the okay. hydro doesn't make sense, right? Uh, the only other thing I could see it being is mean, yeah. possibly electro, but I don't think it would be to be honest
1: makes sense it's electro but then of course everything electro out there usually carries like it's purple a very solid color of purple right but the exception to that is when electro interacts with water and of course you see blue electricity but that's just so that you can visibly see that hey this is going to shock you exactly yeah yeah. i i'm leaning towards true damage so Mm. if true damage is going to be like more of a recurring type of damage our enemies are going to inflict into us it might not be that far off where we see a true damage character or enemy because we have Eula who's built off all physical damage. So if they're bringing more sources, right, right. If we're bringing more sources of true damage into the game, this is kind of a good transition towards that. Yeah, Um, I like it. And of course, yeah, I like, I like that they're slowly overlapping, transitioning and just laying the seeds of the foundation over here. But then they talk about the new boss and they show the picture now this one is called the algorithm of semi-intransient matrix of overseer network. That's a long name, so it's what A S I M S I M A S I M O N A S I M sounds like a sounds like a very popular streamer on Twitch. Um, description is a perpetual motion device from an ancient civilization. It governs the many ruined machines that are scattered throughout the desert. So this is the thing that's controlling all those little guys outside and still seems to carry the will of its lonely ruler. So the reason why that phrase kind of hangs in my head is because the will of the lo- its lonely ruler. Is it? Does it refer to a lonely ruler that exists now, or like nah, the it's past? Nah, the king, dude.
0: He's talking okay, about so the king, king All
1: right, so right. it's guarding his to his tomb identify, right, so. Yeah, but but to identify him now to regard King Dasha as the lonely ruler—that's the first time he's ever been referred to that. I don't I don't remember hearing any other person call him like this, and it's it's not like it's a in quotations either, but. Seems to carry the will of its lonely ruler. I don't know what that implies really, but was King Deshret kind of just a solitary person? Was was he ruling with an iron fist and no one was around him? Did he not have a council or how did he rule? Why did he maybe, govern? Maybe,
0: but, maybe it's referring to the fact that his tomb is so far away in the desert and it's kind of isolated. I
1: mean, yeah, yeah, it could be that too. I yeah. mean, that makes sense. Like it's like, lonely it now. It's interesting because to give him dead. this title. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh well yeah that makes sense I guess okay I just thought mm, is that a story thing or no
0: hey man it's okay looking too into it is your thing so keep
1: going <laughs> <laughs> I I know I love speculating I love spitballing it's great uh, they show off the attacks um, the attacks are flashy I like it but it seems like very projected like <laughs> like in like in WoW or in Final Fantasy it's like hey big area step outside the area okay cool um but here's a cool fun mechanic that I thought was interesting um the core unlike a lot of the other hypostasis bosses where the core is exposed, now you can attack. Oh, you have an opening. Um, the core disappears just entirely. It goes off the field. You cannot attack it. It just straight up disappears. And you just defeat parts of the boss all at once, or like at a time. I think that's actually pretty cool because it feels like you are making progress towards killing the boss rather than oh, you attack the core. If you don't get enough damage and you don't attack all the other pieces, it heals. Like I just like slowly making progress not just letting something happen and they just oh I didn't heal this one thing I don't want this boss to heal like the other hypostasis oh my god please because like please no I just that's just yeah it's annoying especially for like the people who haven't really built up a lot of their teams because even we're in a a patch where dendro is the focus so a lot of people's teams have shifted and now Mm -hmm. if they're not as leveled up they gotta keep switching finding better Team compositions just for this one boss. Well, I rem- remember they gave us those ten teams. Yeah,
0: re- remember like that. Uh, most of those bosses that that heal like that, um, like they like to stop them from healing. You have to make sure that you're type matching the element, like the opposite element. It's not really like about like how much DPS you can do in a short amount of time. Like well, um, the
1: the other ones. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like they, you have to have hydro to like apply, right. like get rid of like a. a pyro shield but there's that one in the um the dragon spine the the cryo hypostasis you have to like Mm. run around use a charge attack and shoot it into the middle otherwise it just heals it's just i I don't have undoing like all of your dps up into that point
0: yeah true i mean yeah like the i mean the deep undoing your dps up to that point is like what healing is right but um like i would say that if you're playing the boss right even if your team isn't up to snuff on dps as long as you make sure that you are doing the mechanics the boss won't heal does that make sense so it doesn't really like like it shouldn't yeah, right. like you yeah. don't need to have you can have a level 1 character run from like run to each of those things and charge attack it and send it back and then he won't heal like it doesn't your level doesn't matter like it's more about making sure that you have the right team to fight against this boss and that you are actually Using doing the boss's mechanics, so I think it's okay, like that it's been like that. But I but I also uh, think that you know on those times where you're not like either 100% paying attention or whatever, like when when you when it does reset and you aren't up to snuff, then like you're right, you lose a lot of time and it doesn't feel good. So you know I would just like them to have some other kind of variety, like maybe he gets a shield or something instead of like he heals his health, like something that doesn't make you feel like you started over. Um, So. That could be a thing. Also, did you notice like the he's using the lasers too? Maybe he's using true damage. This boss uses those lasers. Wait, hold on. As the same as the Oh small yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah, they're they have the same technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean you can you can kinda tell like there's a unifying theme between these little constructs. But um you know, when they first were talking about the oh, the core goes invisible, I thought, Oh, do you have to find them? Like you have to find them and then just that's your DPS window? But no, it just you cannot attack it. Huh? Mm. I thought that was kind of a, kind of a bummer. But uh, the next thing they show is the wildlife. And they show the, this thing is adorable, the Desert Sumter Beast. Um, So they look like they can carry a lot of, they can carry a lot of luggage. There's one that looks like it has like, you know, a little roof so you can ride on the back. This other one's carrying some logs. There is a trail behind this one. So I don't know if it's, just non aggressive or it belongs to the hilly trails because i know Sumter beasts are used by the people in the forest in sumaru but i don't think we saw anyone in the desert using a Sumter beast so i could still be wrong this kind of, it kind of looks like they're the Sumter beast is carrying supplies from hilly trails yeah it looks like this just straight up it works it could, for could the be someone trails. else yeah i guess so i mean currently i think we, we see them, them hunter, mostly with chillin'.
0: the um they're mostly with the uh the treasure hunters right like when you find them in the forest they're usually mm-hmm. with like a group of treasure yeah, hunters.
1: the the other desert aramites mm-hmm. so next picture we have the vultures now the vultures is this the thing that was flying when it was when this whole thing started when this whole live stream show this area because we saw that that big red bird in the sky i thought it was a dragon just straight up oh but maybe yeah I didn't even it could just be a,
0: it could just straight it up could be just this be culture
1: a, yeah i hope it's a dragon <laughs> <laughs> just, i'm pretty sure Devalin is really, the only dragon
0: we'll see probably for a long time
1: i mean who knows who knows it could, there could be more than one dragon in the world wait i'm pretty sure Devalin is actually part of okay nah, i mean i'll look into it later but the, these vultures, they're pretty big. They might roll in packs. They might swarm in packs. So they could be like the flying wolves. Oh, man. That would be. Oh, that would be horrible. If you had like flying wolves, you have to use range attacks. Ugh. That'd be, be horrible. Okay. Um, Wait, what are you talking about? We already this? have flying wolves. <laughs> no, like the ones that are in the air not like you can attack them with melee attacks ground level oh
0: uh, I see I see oh no like the birds like the birds in the water yes. boss oh my gosh the worst thing ever
1: Uh yeah. the specters the tiny specters are even more annoying because they're just small and just slowly gradually going out of your reach
0: and you know that's partially uh, why God, I'm a Yomiya mine. main and I, that I love archers oh, because yeah. I don't have to deal mm-hmm. with like this stuff like
1: <laughs> not wrong that's a solid team comp and they're good for short I mean, close range and long range, but the scorpions. I mean, you don't even know when they're gonna pop up because they can actually come out from the sand on the ground. I don't know if there's any indicator that hey, there's something here, because uh, what are the? There are some. What are those hydro? Oh not, what are those dendro slimes? The one that just hide on the ground, but you can see their leaves on the head. Those
0: are just dendro what are they slimes? Do what they're called?
1: Oh, just dangerous slimes. Okay, I yeah. thought that had a specific name, but I don't um, know if these scorpions that can just pop out of the sand will have any kind of visual indicator saying "Hey, there's an enemy here." I kind of don't want them to have that because it is a better surprise when you're in like the middle of the desert, in the middle of a puzzle, and then just, just scorpion appears out of nowhere. I think they're, that's they're, better. They're probably That'd be funny.
0: that sounds so terrible though. <laughs> like it sounds like the first time it'll be to. funny, but then after that it'll <laughs> just be annoying. You know what I mean? Like maybe the yeah, first time guess, you see uh, it like it's like that but mm-hmm. i think that it's going to have like some sort of like um like the sand is moving kind of like thing and then like it'll just pop or yeah, there like, dirt, like, like it's tail dirt, sticks out yeah. or something like that like a tail sticks out first and then bah.
1: yeah so as, i mean as far as like scenery and like wildlife goes it kind of wraps up right around there and just goes into this still image showcasing that there's going to be two acts in the uh, archon quest chapter three Act three, which happens first. I believe that's going to be in Sumeru starting there. Dreams, emptiness, and deception. And then act four, King Deshret and the three magi. Um, dreams, emptiness, and deception. I believe that's when Dottore and Skaramouche should be making their appearances because act four seems to be very hyper-focused on the desert and what's out there. Did so you say Skaramouche again? Skaramouche? Scaramouche. 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 The way you right said now? it had
0: so much, like, so much flair. Oh, yeah. Totore and Scaramouche. Scaramouche. <laughs> okay, anyway, sorry.
1: Now <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, what what this hints at, I think, is, like, are we going to flee Sumeru? Are we going to get kicked out? Are we not allowed to go back there for some reason? Because if all of Act 4 is in the desert and we don't even... Go back home to <laughs> go back home. See, I'm already making my home in Sumeru. Uh, yeah, the ending of Act Three might be a pretty, pretty big detail, or maybe even a cliffhanger. But Act Four, the Three Magi, do you think we've met them or seen them already, or they're just talking about something else?
0: Um, I have a feeling that they're talking about, uh, King Deshret uh, and the two um Archons maybe. No no King Deshret and the three Magi. So the so, yeah, so the Archon people. is one of the Magi, I feel like.
1: Hmm. okay.
0: Yeah, like and well, uh, maybe Dotore okay. so is, is the other two? one. I don't know. And then like maybe S is the other one. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, I mean if we if we look at Magi, like if we just say, okay, who's a magician though? Wielder of the magic, so very prominent. Oh oh, that would be cool. Maybe she is. I mean maybe she knew King Dashret. Dude, Lisa. That could also be it. Maybe that's when she makes her appearance. Dude, Barbara. Hmm. I'm (laughs) 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 scared. Okay, you had me until you said Barbara.
0: (laughs) I had you when I said dude? You had you had me a dude. (laughs)
1: You <laughs> had me a dude. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so that wraps up the info, the deep dive into the scenery and the story. And uh, so the next part is the character deep dive. Ooh. So this is one where me and Josh, yeah, Josh, me and you, we can kind of go back and forth on each character's and give our impressions of the abilities. So you okay. want to start off with Candice? Sure.
0: Okay, so uh, character deep dive. Thank you, Kahi, for talking about all of the scenery and the story and all this stuff that we talked about. And now let's talk about the characters. And, you know, Candice, I think you and I are both really, really excited for her. We we really like her design. And, um, you know, it's really cool that she uses a shield and a spear. Um, And Kahi, being like a Beidou main to some degree, Mm -hmm. it's like probably going to be right at home with the shielding technique. Um, I think you'll be really good at that. Um, But, yeah, she, uh, I mean... I, I think you guys know, but a little bit about her, she's like half blood descendant of the Scarlet King, I believe. And she has like the heterochromia. So she has like one eye that's Amber, one eye that's Azure. And, um, she has a uh, Shao's same passive where if you climb, um, you actually use less stamina, which is so amazing. Cause I switched to Shao just to do that. Um, and, uh, uh, okay, yeah, and uh, apparently she loves uh, sweet knock nuts, <laughs> which is like something they mentioned. <laughs> they're gonna
1: make jokes about that the I moment don't know. she talks about it. Sweet I want to see how. <laughs> I want to see how they're gonna use that phrase.
0: Okay, so she's a sweet nut, sweet nut lover. Okay, and um, <laughs> yeah, so she has her skill, which she'll um, she'll she'll shield as long as you hold it, and um, she'll absorb damage or she'll charge it. And, um, then when it becomes full, she can unleash it and do a bunch of damage, a bunch of hydro damage. Um, and she's also, yeah, she's our first hydro spear user. And, um, if you get one of her certain talents later, I think it's probably like her like level 60 talent or something. Um, then when she takes a hit, then she'll automatically unleash her counter at full strength, which is like a really, really good. <laughs> like it just says like, I guess it's like a, they want it to be faster, after you level her up. So that's um, really interesting. I'm looking forward to how her combat flows that way. You know what's weird yeah. though? About mm, yeah. her
1: skill. I mean it's, it's a little unique because like when she releases it, it's not as instant as Beto's. Um mm. But here's the thing. Like when they showcase her skill activation, there's like a pulse of like Hydro going forward. Almost like she's mm. actually able to attack it. So is that like what it looks like when you tap the skill? I think so, I yeah. Same thing for like Beto and your.
0: Yeah, because they said that like if you hold it it stays Mm -hmm. but like you can't unleash the uh, ability unless it gets fully charged which means it has to have a tap effect because it's not like tap to shield like i mean that that's what i assume so we'll see
1: yeah so i mean it would be pretty cool to use it in just like a normal attack rotation but um yes she has that counter which is going to be like her staple move the one that everyone's going to use the most Right. Um, it looks cool too bursts? Oh, yes, okay wait wait I let me get the
0: burst okay so mm-hmm. um, so her so first of all her skill when it's fully charged the shield it will like it will like do AOE water damage uh, hydro damage in front of her um, and her burst is the first time that we have a hydro infusion uh, for swords pole arms and claymores and um, increases elemental normal attack damage apparently and this is really great because uh, what's what's good about her infusion versus like Bennett or um, the one more person? Wait, Bennett or who's the other one? Changyun. Ah uh, yes, yes. Bennett or Changyun. Um, they give infusion to swords, polearms, and claymores. Uh, but she gives hydro infusion without using an area of effect, so you can just turn it on with her burst and then you can switch characters and that character will have hydro uh, infused attacks for a set amount of time, which is really, really good for moving around the battlefield for being more flexible with your rotation. So um, I think that's going to be really, really strong and interesting. We're going to probably see a ton of interesting comps come out of this. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, this is going to be yeah.
1: really strong with Rosario just because it's going to be an instant freeze
0: yeah I think so and
1: then you just go to town and they're both spear users and they're both hot
0: yeah I was curious about like um if people would use it on like someone like razor to do like electro charge but I think because razor like levels up with physical damage it might not be a thing um but yeah I mean I'm just really curious to see what people will come up with right
1: um yep I'm trying to find out if there's any other person i really want to pair her with i was thinking maybe Zhao, but then i don't know if i want to use well because it over, doesn't override the middle of it yeah yeah, exactly. yeah so it doesn't and it's just normal it, attacks it, you're too, gonna probably want to use good.
0: it with like i mean you could probably use it with Luke actually so like um when he use his in between oh, his skill, right.
1: yeah to vaporize oh yeah vaporize every, and yeah it's spaced out very evenly oh yeah yeah Yeah. We'll see
0: like how long it lasts and and et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like a a really interesting and viable combination. Uh, but remember we gotta like think about every Hydro character now in the context of Nilu, who we're talking about after this, um, and dendro characters. Um, so uh, yeah, like I'm really curious to see what kind of teams will come from that, as well as like in the future, what what kind of like dendro that other characters will provide? Like we only have three dendro characters right now and uh, there's just so many possibilities for what kind of moves we can get in the future and what kind of comps we'll right, have. You mean but
1: two with two now, one coming, right? Well, we have Later.
0: two and we have, we have two and we have Traveler who is like considered, Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah. who's considered like a decent dendro character. So uh, I'll just count him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually pretty good.
0: So, um, all right. Can you uh, talk to us about Sino?
1: All right. So Sino is a, the general Mahamatra. So, for those of you who didn't uh, didn't look into the word Mahamatra, is a kind of like peacekeeper, sheriff kind of role uh, in in like a society. Uh, this in Sino in particular, of course, he has his broad sense of well, not broad, but maybe like a more simpler sense of justice. The more I read about his character, I sort I swear he is literally the Zhao of the desert. 'Cause I mean he's like very like uptight. He has like a very serious attitude. He's just very like goal oriented. He he's very serious about his work. Um, but he has his quirky sides too. He in particular is known for making bad jokes and having to explain them when no one laughs. So maybe that's gonna be like how we meet him for the first time for like super, super awkward meeting. It'd <laughs> be funny. Um he's also an avid card gamer uh i believe this is gonna be because there's a card game getting introduced into the game later on I'm so excited we'll for about that, that just a little bit it looks pretty cool it's still early in iteration which they admitted to so they're still gonna add more onto that i like it's, that just it's beautiful also kind of getting caked into the lore as well it's not just hey there's a separate thing on the side but no it's they're aware of the game just like how the, the even the mini game events they're, bit, they're aware of it um now, this is an interesting fact. He avoids, you know, knowledge or like learning new information because he's he's seen what craving knowledge, especially ancient knowledge, can do to people. Um, he was, of course, known as, not known as, but he was known to be students with Lisa. So they were classmates. They learned alongside each other and understood why Lisa had to go Back to Mondstadt, because yeah, he, they were noticing people were kind of getting carried away with other knowledge. But however, he still upholds upholds academia rules. So he he needs to have a goal in order to have like a reason to kind of do what he does. Because as a person who is a Mahamatra, there has to be some kind of moral framework or rules and laws that they're adhering to in order to fight and keep those rules in play. Um, he's now currently suspicious of the sages. He's not really following them, but of upholds, you know, rules and laws. So that's kind of how his personality is. Um, as far as like his character bonus, he, when he's on an expedition, he'll get bonus rewards. So if it's more than 20 hours, he is going to give you, you know, extra fruit or extra pine cones or extra nuts. Who knows? Um, and then he is going to be the first one that has an extra story quest throughout 3.1 he and i believe nilu are going to have their own story quest it's kind of sad that candace doesn't get hers but what are you gonna do she's a four-star but but um, you know what that means yeah. right
0: <gasps> she'll get a hangout
1: ooh, ooh, that might be better yeah but actually uh, actually would have been nice if she had her own story but yeah yeah true true but actually actually you might be right because we can We actually can find out more because you have more dialogue paths and get get those close-ups. But uh, yeah, Josh, you want to go into the abilities?
0: For Sino's abilities, right. So he has um, some really, really interesting and unique new mechanics. Um, So he has like a sort of Shao-ish, like hop and dash, like electro slice thing as his elemental skill. But then when he bursts, It's similar to Razor where he kind of uh, takes on like this wolf. Um, He has like a wolf spirit take over him sort of. And um, it's a little different from Razor where Razor is also attacking while the wolf spirit is attacking with him. But in this case, Sino actually gets taken over by the wolf. And so he doesn't have physical damage. He just attacks with Electro. um, And he gets an increase in elemental mastery. Um, It has a lot of range uh, we don't even know exactly how this will work yet as per the official, as per the official live stream, but um, if you, you know, there's a couple of interesting things, which we don't know all the, I don't know all the details yet, Wait, actually, I don't know if you know the details, Kahi, but, uh, okay, Kahi, Kahi, let me, if you know the details, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you use his skill during burst, um, then it extends the duration of the burst, is that correct?
1: I believe that's what they said. Yeah, but but they did have subtitles being translated from Chinese language, so it there could be some kind of specifics that got crossed up and lost in translation. But that's what I that's what I read. Okay. Using the skill during the burst will extend the duration by a bit.
0: Okay, so we'll look that up a little bit later. Um, but uh, as far as his burst form has this really interesting new mechanic. While he's in burst form, um, when you're fighting, there will occasionally be like a uh, an like, Egyptian-looking eye that appears on the screen, like a golden eye that covers your whole screen and puts the middle of your screen... uh, It puts Razor at the middle of your screen with, like, a big golden ring around him. And uh, if you press your skill damage... uh, You press your elemental skill with the timing of that eye showing up, then um, your skill will change a little bit and do more damage. Um, It'll be a bigger AoE with extra extra, like, electric blade wave things. And uh, it's really interesting to have that kind of mechanic. It's it's sort of similar to, like, Raiden having this, like, mechanic where uh, her skill is always present on the screen. But it's a little different in that, um, like, I don't know, it, it, it takes up your whole screen and demands your focus. Like, if you if you can do this, and you get rewarded for it. And so I'm really curious how how that's actually going to feel when you're playing. Is it going to be like, does it feel like it's going to get in the way? Is it going to be annoying? Is it going to be too bright for some people? Cause Electro is already really bright. And then having this like golden eye might be a little bit too much for effects on the screen. Um, but very flashy. Yeah.
1: Right. But it's
0: a really interesting concept and I'm, I'm curious to see how well it will actually be implemented and how it'll feel, <clears throat> excuse me, and how it will feel in game. So yeah. So his, Skill, similar to Shao's Electro, but then his burst is, um, you know, gets full Electro damage, but then has this, like, these interesting mechanics with the eye, as well as, like, the extending duration of his burst, supposedly, with his skill. So we'll see how that works out in the future when we get to try him.
1: You know what I just realized about Sino? He's He's also a little similar to Riding Shogun, because both of their Electro Bursts have things that, are themed around an eye or like a vision or like piercing through a dimension or reality right so I don't know if like that's something unique to electro because no I don't think any other burst or alt or skill like looks like how electro does this like I mean ryan Shogun's like yeah. electro slashes appear out of like thin air from a, a apparently like through some kind of dimension same thing for with sino like his abilities and his slashes, like, are calling forth an eye through your vision on your screen and are kind of, like, ripping through reality in a way, so...
0: Yeah, it's, like, kind of fourth wall breaking.
1: Unique. Yeah, um, it's, it's unique to to Electro.
0: It's funny you mentioned that he's, like, Raiden Shogun because I just remembered that I saw, like, the Gotcha Gamer video that he talked about the closest character to Sino right now would not actually be a Razor, but it would be Raiden Shogun because... They kind of, mm-hmm. like once, once you activate their burst, then that, that you got to be selfish and you just got to, they have to be on the field. Like they're the ones on the field. They got to do all the damage. And so you kind of set up your whole team around that and making sure that when you're ready to do your burst, like you have every, all the support you need. And so, um, well, just yeah, like so, Xiao. Yeah. So like Xiao too. Exactly. So like, the like pure, pure DPS, uh, play style where you have to be a little bit selfish with the uh, amount of time they spend on the field so yeah we'll see like what kind of interesting comps come out of this but um well lastly would you like to talk about nilu or kahi yeah
1: so nilu of all these three characters i mean i I definitely going to roll for candace but nilu is probably the m- most unique of the bunch because they also said that she has specific buffs if you have other kinds of like elements in your team um so for Nilu, um, she only has three basic attacks, first of all, but it does make sense when you look at her, her skill and her kit. Um, and before we go on, she, her character bonus is she can cook extra stamina food, so you might need more stamina with her, but oddly enough, her attacks don't consume a lot of stamina. So she has a sword dance skill, and this has a lot of variation to it. So when you activate the skill, it of course immediately doesn't an attack and gives you like a stack like a little glowing dot above your head kind of like um oh my goodness i already forgot his name was that the character the wind character uh what was the animal character that punches uh hazel right? right so i already i already forgot about hazel because we left him far behind just went right into sumaru how so dare you um I'm sorry but yeah you have these little visual stack markers so you cast the skill you get one stack you do two basic attacks which are now like hydro infused and you get a total of three when you have three if you do another normal attack you will send like a big hydro blade wave like forward that and that counts as a sword dance being performed so of course her skill her descriptions is gonna say that kind of damage is a sword skill or this is a skill damage now when you have three stacks if you press the skill ability button again you'll instead do I think two like spinning attacks overhead and it's you know just more melee damage but you kind of like lunge forward so both of them will have some sort of you know range going forward going after characters but her attacks have like a really wide reach so it's not just like a melee character she could potentially be hitting characters in the air um but the way the reason why i like i like this kind of you know system you can you can change how you attack midway through your attacks like you know i don't just do normal attacks and then when i'm done with my normal attacks then do the skill i can weave it in and out like normal attack skill maybe some more normal than a skill or the skill going right into the other skill and you're just you're doing a dance i like animations like that i like combat that feels like a dance like you know you played um, assassin's creed brotherhood Did you ever play any of the assassin's creed games
0: yes i have actually
1: yeah so what i like is that you can still do like you know your basic attacks. But like your skill changes based on like how you counter or skill basis, your skill changes or your attacks change based on what kind of weapon you have right now. So it's still, you're still doing the same kind of basic input, but you can change it up midway through. I mean, that's probably a bad example. I know there's other kind of fighting games where you can do all kinds of variation. But my, my point is, it's very fluid. It's It's like a, it's a dance. You can go like... Whatever kind of combos that you want with this kind of character without having to switch. So you, you feel like you're switching between characters while maintaining the same character. Right. You, you basically now, you just have, have f-
0: like more freedom in comboing your abilities yes. and your normal attacks yes. and chaining them together as opposed to like mm-hmm. attack, 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 or attack, attack, charge, attack, and then skill, and then the re- rinse and repeat. It's like you can choose based on mm-hmm. the situation, which gives you more freedom, yes. which makes you feel, uh, more engaged in the battle sometimes. So, yeah, I think that's really, really cool that they're experimenting with this kind of
1: playstyle. And where it gets even more interesting is, yeah, when you cast your skill after you use three stacks, after using that extra skill, you now get a Hydro Aura that applies Hydro to nearby enemies. It doesn't attack, but it applies the element. So you can already start prepping, you know, a swap out character element animation with other elemental damage and just start doing more damage after you're done with your whole string of attacks so you get a lot of variation with this character a lot of freedom to perform very unique combos or just stay with her and just keep doing your attacks with other stuff i mean i'm sure you can take advantage of some cooldown reducing effects some somewhere or like some attack speed increases um her burst i mean it's pretty it's pretty simple it's just one big AoE bursts around you so this could probably be like if you're trying to attack a boss or attack like a big mob and you're kind of getting overwhelmed just cast your burst and just they all go away it doesn't seem to do anything special but it does apply like a little hydro effect kind of like mono's burst bubble it will do an instance of attack or or damage to them but after a while they'll get damaged again by that same water or that same hydro so Either she's going to be OP as hell, or she's just going to be really good. But then this next part gets even more interesting because she has a special kind of party boost. If there's a Hydro and Dendro on the team, um, the sword dance that she used makes better bloom effects. And after attacking, after three sword dance steps, your team gets an elemental mastery boost and the bloom effects of course now get better so she you are encouraged to use her with dendro characters which could either be Kali or Traveler or uh, Tainari I think I think she's going to only be useful in teams with Hydro and dendro but I just I still want to put her in other elemental teams as well but what do you you think Josh you think she should be used with only Hydro and dendro or is she going to be secretly powerful with other kinds of teams? What do you think?
0: So this, uh, there was a similar discussion to this in the Gotcha Gamer video as well. And um, basically, uh, w- the, the difficult part about this is that for people specifically who want to optimize, like you have to put her in a, in a, in a team with a Dendro and Hydro. And there's very limited characters for that right now. And, but the thing is like, of course, as always, you can put her in any team you want. Of course. If you can find some other way to make it work and not worry about, like maybe your, your goal with her in the team is to apply water and not so much to, um, I don't know, do whatever, like do hydro dendro damage or do, um, hydro bloom damage. Like if that's the case, then yeah, you can probably just use her in another team. You could even use her in like a freeze comp, I'm sure. But, um, but, like, the thing, the problem is, like, when it comes to optimizing, when you have a skill that's so specific about what kind of team you need to have, then, like, you know, people can feel kind of restricted when it comes to, like, building that optimal team and feeling, you know, good about it. Because, like, you make a team with her, and then you'll be like, oh, well, I'm not using, you know, a huge part of her her moveset, her abilities, because I'm not making the t- exact team that her ability wants. So... I think until until we get more and more Dendro and Hydro characters for more options, it's going to feel really restrictive. But, I mean, for now, it's like you don't have to use it, but it will it will bother some people. But I think for the general audience, I think most people will just, if they like her, they like her and they'll use her. So, um, you know, it's just the, the different kinds of players. It depends on what kind of player you are.
1: I mean, as far as, like what my first impressions are of nilu i just like how her attacks have such a wide area like you can you can attack like multiple mobs in like one basic attack and just do multiple skill effects i'm sure there's i'm sure there's got tension like... <laughs> that's the first thing i thought of when they saw that that hydro wave come out uh wait when does the anime come out later on this year right
0: <laughs> yeah i think so i'm so excited should
1: be should yeah Uh, I'll look it up later. Um, And then it wraps up the character live stream or deep dive with the wish schedule. So there's two phases. Phase 1 and 2. Candace will drop in both of them. Which, thank god. Because phase 1 is Sino and Venti. For me, I'm not going to pull anything or like save up and spend and roll for anything in phase 1. Because in phase 2, you have nilu and albedo now i'm going to save up for phase two and roll for Nilu because i can get both candace and nilu in that one particular banner and that's the only ones i need i am okay not having sino because i have riding shogun i'm okay not having venti because i have kazuha but that's just me uh which of these two which ones are you gonna roll on like which one do you think has more value
0: um you mean like phase one or phase two?
1: Yeah, if you if you had to pick, like which one should you save up and then just spend everything in phase one, or wait for phase two? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now familiar. that since
0: they're resetting all of the uh, the prima gem doubling thing for the first time buying, I'm buying all of those. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> okay. I, I'm all I'm right. gonna just I'm gonna throw everything at the first banner, get as many Candices as I can while trying to get Sino. And then I think Nilo Nilu is the one that I feel okay skipping. So Really? Okay. Yeah, but I'm gonna try to go for as much as I can. Um like I said, I so have you have I'm, Shogun.
1: Huh? You have riding. You have writing Shogun.
0: Yeah, but you know, the Egyptian aesthetic thing. It's just so cool.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean right. it's actually like I mean we so, all get this for so, cosmetics so, anyway. So
0: from when I watched that 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 um the the original like preview trailer of the story from Genshin that shows all the different areas with like you know they show the circus ahead of time and they show like all these other characters right um they show Sino in that trailer you remember
1: yeah like, vaguely I, but I remember that he yeah, popped so up like, a long time ago just like Ayaka
0: yeah exactly like like Ayaka so when I saw him I was like that guy I want that guy <laughs> so. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, like, just because of his aesthetic, like, so, you know, I really, I really do like that. He is cool. The ancient Egypt, like, theme, kind of. Um, I really like that theme over a lot of other themes, so I think these two characters, for me, aesthetically, are up there. Um, So, like, Nilu is cool, but, um, like, you know, with the, with the whole, like, restrictive gameplay thing, plus, like, what like, whatever, if I don't get her during her banner, I'm fine with it, but I will try to get her. Like I will, I will um, attempt to get her, but we'll see what happens. But definitely the phase one for me is the one I, I'm going to put more into.
1: I mean, well, I'm, I'm still making sure that I have enough. I will have enough saved up for Dea and Kusanali. Cause once I get Dea, I'm, Probably just gonna lock it down and be like, nope, no spending. I'm good. <laughs> I like took and if anyone else shows up, you're gonna have to really convince me to spend some cash because I'm, I'm only, I'm only like low on Prima gems and down to four thousand. I used to have fourteen thousand. I spent ten thousand just on Kokomi, so I'm gonna have to stop for a while <laughs> until, That's why I'm okay of waiting till phase two. I see. So that's that's going to be my pulls.
0: Um, so wait, so I you're not have... going to roll for uh, like on the raid up Candace banner? Hmm?
1: No, cuz Candace will drop from phase 1 or 2. That's why I'm going to bro- roll for a banner because she can roll and drop from that too.
0: Yeah, but she's not raid up. She's a
1: 4-star. Okay, she Wait, wait, she wait. No, no, no. She
0: won't. She won't. She won't. She won't. The, the way the it way it says, Candace
1: will also appear in the event, which is Twilight, Arbiter, and Ballad of Goblets, which you will receive a huge drop rate boost. And after that, she said, They said Candace will also appear in phase two. Same thing.
0: Wait, where does it say she'll be in phase two?
1: Okay, it was, it's not in the picture itself, but it was in like the subtitle captions on the video. Oh, YouTube okay. To, on if if it says, video. If it she she'll show appear in phase in both two, phases.
0: then great. Okay, fine, sure.
1: Yeah, so that's why I'm saving up for phase two, Nilu, so I can get Candace and Nilu in from one banner
0: i see i see I, okay. I don't
1: want to roll for a sino if i only want a Candace.
0: That, that that makes sense wait do you have venti
1: no because i have kazuha
0: yeah that's a valid point okay you may continue
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> all right the last part is the new weapons so there's two five stars now the first one key of kajnisut i don't know if that's a sword or a claymore what do you think
0: that's a sword
1: okay because it, it's the a, reason why i thought it was a claymore
0: it's for nilu
1: wait is that for nilu i thought she yeah. was using the other one no she was using the four star one i mean the, i know the but the like, you know, like you know
0: like when they have the when they have a new five star character come out they always have a new weapon that comes out at the same time that's perfectly suited for their kit
1: true and and in this case it's yeah, a and spear I mean and the a staff
0: sword. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's why there's a sword for Nilou, because she's a five star.
1: But let me tell you the reason why I think it's it could be a claymore. Yes, the five star staff definitely looks like it's meant for either Candace or for Sino. But in the the promotional animation for uh, for Genshin Impact for Sumeru, remember that that short little two D animation where they had like um Sino is fighting all hytham and then Dea comes in and has like a claymore in hand right it looks like this so okay like,
0: well, it's, it's i'm just gonna tell this you could it's, be a, it's a sword <laughs> uh,
1: okay okay okay. <laughs> i don't believe it but i'm like so what's daya's weapon yeah. gonna look like then is it gonna be totally unique because yeah why a not i mean they have, they have like, like
0: look at these two weapons they look they look similar in theme but like the one on the left is like mm-hmm. just not like uh like uh what what is it they say uh the proportions are not a great sword proportion. Does that make sense?
1: Right. But it it's still kind of at a, you don't know the scale exactly because even on the next page, like the four, the four star weapons, you have a sword and you have mm. the claymore right next to it. And be, their, their physical size in the picture is the same, but it's just zoomed in or out. We don't know. The Machai, the Machairo Aquamarine in the middle, that's the claymore. And then mm. the thinner sword, the Ziphos Moonlight, is the sword.
0: I see. Okay, so, so that's that's what's confusing you.
1: Yeah, because I don't know okay. what their what their skill is. Because when you look at the handle on the Aquamarine, that's a claymore. Yeah. It's around the same length as the sword. Well, so I mean, it's I'm, not a. I'm it's kind of confused.
0: It's not a guaranteed, but ever, but without fail, up until now, they always release five stars with a, a weapon suited for them on the same banner. So. You roll for the character mm-hmm. and roll for the weapon. So if yep. uh, if the if, you know the two characters coming out are sword user and spear user, then you can guarantee that these are this is a sword and a spear, basically, like the, it mm-hmm. like yeah, without yeah, fail fair. up until now that it's, makes It's sense, never yeah. not been like that. So, yeah, okay. um but like the new I like um, the new I'm I like the moonlight and, and aquamarine aesthetically. Like I really like yeah, that aesthetic right. a lot.
1: Oh, I love. I hope the Aquamarine is going to be good on Beto, just because hmm. I'm, I'm using like the uh, the what is it the one? I, I forget the name. I'm using the Claymore that you can craft from Inazuma because it gives you energy recharge. Oh, I haven't crafted any of the new ones. like one. using her Auro. Yeah, I haven't either because I'm saving up for the next weapons coming out and I already have like some four or five star weapons that don't have any users on them right now because I can't find a good team with them. Uh. But yeah, those are the wishes, those are the characters, those are the weapons. After that, they kind of start wrapping up with a few other extra announcements, and uh, we have the Mondstadt minigames, which also have some cool little story uh, story progression, story plot uh, thickenings, if you want to call it. Um, Josh, you want to talk about those? The the Mondstadt events?
0: Uh, yeah, so it looks like we're going to be having, um, I don't know the details too much, but... Uh, we're gonna be having an event that comes to Mondstadt, uh, involving Razor and his background, and they they talked about like Mika, like Farca, the Grandmaster of the Knights of Avonius. His I guess assistant came and gave everybody some notification about something that's happening and. You know, we don't know all the details yet, but, like, it has to do with Razor's history. And I'm assuming there's some kind of thing that has to do with him and Sino because they, they have both have, like, white hair and Electro Dog, like, tie-in abilities. And, you know, who knows if they're related in some way. But it sounds like Varka knows his parents. And um, we have a bunch of different events that just give you Primo gems. There's, like, logging events. There is... Um, there's Hyakunin Iki is coming back, Wind Chaser event is coming back, and something called Star Seekers Sojourn. And uh, yeah, so these are all some events that are going to be, there are some returning events, and then there was a brand new story event. So make sure you don't miss it, because you know that these events do not come back uh, as of right now. So uh, it should be, and, and always has some kind of really interesting story, so of well, the backgrounds of some of the characters, so definitely don't miss it. Um, but yeah, that's what's going to be happening in Monsat pretty soon and um you have an honorable mention here (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah before before we go into our final segment and our final like you know announcements from and recaps from the live stream uh, i found this on on twitter actually twitter actually from mr Tavat tabloid i believe this is just like a channel that talks about news kind of stuff um ellen from the monstat daily commissions the one that we had to go and show her how to defeat all the training dummies in one hit.
0: The wannabe knight. Um,
1: she's actually yeah, the wannabe knight. She actually is wearing full on knight armor now. So she most likely got a promotion or actually got a position as as a knight, which is pretty cool. Let's just um, hope it's that it's time time not them reusing time,
0: right? the character model.
1: <laughs> oh god, I hope not. I really hope not. That'd be kind of embarrassing. They're but like, hey we haven't used this character I model in a long it. time. I want it to be actually her. Because if we me meet too, her during too. that time and one one of the reasons why I also wanted to bring this up, um, I know you didn't do any of the hangouts, but in <laughs> the hangouts, Noelle is one of the few that actually gets like multiple story hangouts. Everyone else just kind of gets like one kind of string of stories that you can go to. Noelle gets a lot. So she, has awful, she gets a lot of attention because she's the first four-star character that you could ever roll for. So she has kind of a sentimental or yeah she's very sentimental to me because she's like the first good healer that i liked and her whole thing is studying to become a full-fledged knight because she's still technically not a knight she has the armor and everything but she's still doing menial tasks like what a maid normally does so she she doesn't really consider herself to be that important but i just i hope that she also comes comes back in this even though we didn't see her at all I'm probably gonna use her <laughs> for the just for the these little events going on. Yeah, why not? And uh yeah, why not? I mean, since we're going back to Mondstadt, might as well bring everyone back too. All right. And yeah. after that, uh, did you want to share the really important announcement they made after this?
0: Yes, yeah, super, super important announcement, which to those of you who saw the live stream, I'm sure you saw it. Um, and I know some people don't know who this is, so I will explain, but there is officially announced a Genshin anime collaboration with Euphortable, the really, really renowned anime studio, the same studio that made the Fate series, same studio that makes the Demon Slayer series. Um, and they are a very, very high-quality animation studio, and it's very, very exciting. You can tell just from the preview that the animation is going to be incredibly good, and I think everybody uh, who knows who they are is just super, you know, super excited for this. I think that this is going to bring so many people into the game um, through the anime. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to really, really um, light a f- another fire under the community in a good way. And, uh, and I hope that, I really, really hope that it helps the game's longevity. Uh, what do you think, Kahi?
1: i love it because i know this company is also very well known for their use of 3d cgi vfx and i'm not talking like 3d like animations because the characters are going to be hand drawn in 2d but i'm talking like the visual effects like the the i guess the light trails and you have the explosions and the particle effects just like how when you saw You've probably seen a fate series as well for those of you who are listening you've probably seen some clips of saber you've probably seen some clips yeah, of demon Lancer, slayer they're doing all their yes of course and how they have obvious you know 3d wisps and like shines and like explosions going on while there's 2d drawings in the background they're known for that kind of really flashy animation which is why i'm looking forward so much to the fights that they animate yeah even the simple fights it's gonna look great and it's gonna look great from afar too like their backgrounds their background art and there's just you you saw like the aerial view of like their world is so clean so crisp and shiny it is exactly like if they upgraded the graphics of genshin it would undoubtedly look like this so if they were like Genshin in Unreal Engine Five, this is what it's gonna look like. But it's but they just chose to make it an anime. Yeah, I,
0: do. I think um, everyone, like I said, everyone who knows who Ufotable is, is, super excited for this. But even if you don't know who they are, just Genshin getting an anime is like really great way to introduce Genshin to your friends to talk about it with people who only watch anime. Um, you know, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's one of the like better. Not only is it like a better representation of the game itself, but one of the better animes that comes out that season. That way it can, it can gain some popularity. And I think uh, I think we're all really excited for it. So let's, you know, I, I think uh, I mean, it'll definitely come out next year at some point, but um, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But let's continue to support this game. Really, really excited. Now um, let's go into our Community question. That was that was everything that we have for the uh, the live stream. Uh, you know, if you have any opinions on the live stream, let us know. Comment on our podcast. Send us a tweet at Genshin Guys Pod on Twitter. Um, and yeah, let's just start the discussion. Like before we start knowing everything, before the update comes out, let's just talk about like what what hopes do we have? What dreams do we have? Uh, what do we want to see in this new update? Um, now going on to the community. The community question for this episode. Uh, last week I asked if you could visit one of Genshin's locations in real life, where would you go and why? So, uh, for me, I would go to the, uh, Academia or, uh, Sumeru City. Like, I mean, it's, it's there, but like just Sumeru City, I guess is the, the general answer, but yeah, I'm really, really interested to where an Akasha, like Akasha system and, Um, you know, hopefully my dreams don't get stolen from me, but I want to (laughs) see what like wearing the information is like and, uh, and walking around the city, going up to the academy and it just seems like a really, really nice, very nice place to be. What about you, Kahi?
1: You know, I kept thinking about this question and I know, I know we're like in the midst of the entire Sumeru expansion. I was trying to think of a place in the past that we've been to, like, you know Inazuma of course all the places in Mondstadt I'm like is there any place that I would actually value more than Sumeru and honestly no I kind of want to go to the Sumeru city too it's that it's that much of a step up above all the scenery we've seen in the past like the density of like the elements of a city you have shops you have restaurants you have entertainment districts you have the academia which is right upstairs i mean there's just so much stuff right there Monset's cool and all i mean every every area is very thematic very you know very rich in their culture but honestly Sumeru just nails it so well i just i can't think of any other place i would want to go to like i think, it would definitely I think
0: also be like is like just doesn't exist in real life right all the other places I mean, are pretty much representations of real place. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure if there's like, I'm sure there are really nice places out there. I don't get me wrong. There's, there's really nice places in like Italy. There's great places in like China and um, Japan. Brazil. Yeah. All over the place. But like just the feel, the atmosphere, of Sumeru city being like a port town with mountains, rivers, rainforest right around that same area. And I mean, relatively peaceful. Uh, yeah. yeah. city And you I'm know, sure I was, a lot think- of our community members are doing the same thing. They're saying the same thing.
0: I was thinking about like, um, uh, there's actually like, there's like a place that's like similar in a way in Singapore, I think, where there's like, it's like a city or it's like a built on trees like area, but it's nowhere near the scale of this. Um, it's more of like a tourist attraction, less of like a livable city. But, like, you know, I, I'm really curious to see if this is one of those things in fiction that drives our reality to the point where, like, you know, we have a, I mean, we don't have, like, a giant tree that's, like, the way that it is in Super City um, in, in anywhere in the world as far as I know. But, I mean, I'm sure there are ways we could build things around trees because I know that that's, like, a real thing that people are trying to do um, to live with nature through architecture rather than, like, cut down all the trees and build, like, our own buildings. So, you know. Right, and right now, Summer City, I think it just stands out um, a lot. <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, like, I definitely don't want to go to the desert. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to go to the yeah. desert in real life. <laughs> uh, I I'm think excited for it in the one. game, but I don't, I don't want to go there in real life. It's not for this question. So, um, okay, so for our community... We have um, Alexis who commented, Monstat City, because it's so pretty, and we first came to Monstat as our first icon 2. I overall just love Monstat. The vibe and everything is amazing. Yeah, I think Monstat, you know, as a mm-hmm. beginner city... It's like, comfy. It, it, yeah, it gives you, like, this really, really chill vibe. The music is so good. The music is so chill, and it really just gets stuck in your head. Um, and, you know, to most of us, like, Monstat was the game. Like, you know, when we first started... Um it when there was only Mondstadt in UA too, it's like you're in Mondstadt fifty percent of the time, basically. So you mm-hmm. are you know, you're just exploring, you know, the first time we're exploring Genshin, it's like these open green fields. Every time they show previews for the game, they show like Mondstadt, right? They show these like open green fields and um, the the European style buildings. It's just really, really clean and really nice. Um
1: It's the nostalgic pick. Like, yeah. The nostalgia just purely for the memory and it's just it's comfortable it's come it's comfy like it's not busy at all i mean it still feels full and lush and there's nice it's nice scenery i like it the buildings tall it feels like there's a lot going on in there i mean people like european countries a lot of european countries are going to love this kind of aesthetic even though like there's even though leeway is bigger even though there's more that happened in leeway for it to still have that that hold on people yeah I can understand that. Mondstadt is great.
0: Okay, so um, while we're on Mondstadt, we have uh, The Traveler who commented, "Uh, Mondstadt, because I would like to try out the Wing Glider. Okay, yes, that's that's where you get the license, so I think that would be a really good place to go for that. Um,
1: Yeah, good point.
0: (laughs) um, Venti, someone named Venti commented, "Uh, Mondstadt, everyone seems so happy. I I love that, like the vibe, right? It's just so happy. Um, I think that... It's, yeah, it's just bright. It's just a bright place to be. Um, I wonder if you can say Deluxe Happy, but, you know, uh, it's a different story. So, uh, someone commented Sp- from, from Spider Ramen. <laughs> I want to go to Mondstadt because I was born in Germany. All right, so it reminds you of home. <laughs> I like it because uh, I think there's a lot of influences Mondstadt gets from Germany. So definitely would make someone from Germany feel right at home. Um, but then, like, you know, it being in Genshin, it would, of course, be different from actual Germany, so it would be really, really interesting, I'm sure. Um, so we have uh, Rox Akuma says, I want to go to Liyue. It's just so amazing. I think Liyue is the most, I mean, compared to, with the exception of, like, the Sumeru's, like, desert and uh, desert and forest vibe, like, the half-half, like, duality, um, Liyue itself is so diverse, Like there's so many different kinds of places in Liyue, like the rock forest, the, I mean, the, the, the islands where like Zhongli, like, you know, through all the rocks or whatever. And like, there's that area, there's the Liyue Harbor, Mm -hmm. there's the mountains, there's like where the Adepti live, like it's so huge, like, and it's super varied. I think that um, Liyue has the most to see as one, one area. So yeah, I'm I'm curious, Rocks Acoma, where Rox Akama mm-hmm. would want to go in Liyue because Liyue is so huge. <laughs> like Monsat, you can say yeah, i would the go to that. Yeah, tallest mountains
1: like, in the game. Yeah. The the scenery from high above to way down below this it's very deep. There's there's a lot a lot in there.
0: Yeah. So, um, let's see. Next is, I uh, Stan Luna says, I would like to go to the. Grand Narukami Shrine, as it's pretty, but Sea Gazer's Abode is a must if the music that is there exists as well. Yeah, I think, I think I I almost think that if if we're including the music in each place, that this becomes a different conversation, because then maybe I would go to, I would go to Port Ormos, (laughs) you know, like,
1: Uh you know, so. uh, If someone was playing that, like, aloud, like, from, like, a, a rooftop and you hear it throughout the entire region. Yeah. Okay, that changes exactly where you would want to go, yeah. So, w-
0: wait, where would you go, Kahi, if music was involved?
1: Oh, no, because now I have to think of all the soundtracks. <laughs> there's, like, it's so good. I would love to hear all the music all the time, but, ugh. Yeah. i not going to think more. I have to take another week.
0: All right, another week it is. <laughs> um. So, Stan Luna says that, and then um, uh, t Yuri says... The Narukami Shrine, because I like sakuras and foxes and Yai because my favorite character, but I don't have her. Oh, well that's sad. Oh, rip. Yeah, so Sorry. when she comes back around, get ready, you know. But, um, yeah, the, the shrine is a very, very nice place. It overlooks all of Inazuma, and it's very, very beautiful. It has a lot of Japanese influence, of course. So, I mean, if you want to see the closest thing, you can come to Japan. There's, there's similar temples here. Um, not not quite made on a giant tree, but uh, still uh, similar vibes, right? Now, um, let's see what else do we have here. I think. Oh, okay. did we get one we from
1: have, our old friend Pimzo?
0: Oh yeah, so we have Pimzo. Balto. Sumaro hey, City. what's up, Pimzo? Sumaro City. No competition. Food looks delicious. The music is superb, and I simply love the atmosphere. As always, thanks, Pimzo. Great, great comment. Sumer City, we are right there with you. Sumer, Sumer City is definitely on the top of the list for us. And Put I your name
1: in bold just so that you know. Just so that you know. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I always see this particular person in the comments. So thank you for your continued support, yeah. Pimzo.
0: Yeah, thanks, Pimzo. And uh, lastly, Sam says, in the mountains next to Storm Terror's lair, there is an old bell hanging from a post in a peaceful little grove. It's also my wishing spot, and that's where I got C1 Ganyu one pull after getting her.
1: Okay, that's a good reason.
0: (laughs) You want to visit there, like that that spot. That's great. I love that. Mm
1: -hmm. Because you have a personal memory to that spot, and it's unique, and it's your spot. No one else is going to get there. That's like seeing I have a very specific spot to watch the fireworks. No one knows. And then you go there in the anime and everyone's there. <laughs> this is your spot. So, right. Sam, I'll give this to you. I have not found that spot. I don't think I want to because I feel like, nah, this is, I'll let that guy have it.
0: <laughs> that that's That's a great one, Sam. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm now kind of uh, inclined to like just just find it and just to know where it is in the mountains next to Stormterror's Lair. Old Bell, okay, so check it out later. <laughs> and um, all right, so that's that's uh, all the responses we have today. Thank you, everyone, for answering the community question. Uh, yeah, I mean visiting Genshin's locations in real life, super super interesting concept. Um, and you know maybe once we've unlocked a couple more areas. You know, maybe once we get to Cainria, or not Kainria, uh Celestia, or we get to, like, the uh, Sniznaya, like...
1: Fontaine.
0: Maybe we'll ask uh, again, uh, which locations would you visit? Um, but for now, we do have a new community question for you, which, uh, Kahi, would you like to get away?
1: Yeah, this is going to be more of, like, a poll, I guess, but I just want to see, like, how many people think... How many people think it's going to go in a certain direction. So regarding the the anime, the live <laughs> I was about to say live action anime, there's too many. It's it's infecting me. So regarding the anime that we're finally getting, do you think this is the question now? Do you think the Genshin Impact anime is going to be canon or non-canon? What do you think? Will the anime retell the game story up to now like highlights or it actually says something about what's going on in the actual game, or is it going to be a completely unique story using elements and themes and characters from the game? What do you think? Canon? No canon? Is a game inspired or will this inspire the game? I'm I'm curious.
0: All right. So that's our community question for next week. Uh, Feel free to comment that um, wherever you are listening to the podcast and uh, let us know. And next week we will read it off as as we always do. And uh, that wraps up our show for today. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. As always, um, you know, if you could, we would be super grateful if you could leave us a comment and a review. Um, and uh, please follow us on Twitter at Genshin Guys Pod, uh, as well as uh, me. I stream on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv TV slash JSide, and uh, my Twitter is on our Twitter. Um, but it's at Jside Gaming and um, you know don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify wherever you're listening um, Kahid, where can they find you?
1: Uh, K-A-H-I-Y-A-O and yeah you can find me and Josh Twitter at Genshin Guys Pod yes Twitter of course <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there you
0: go so everybody thank you so much and as always
1: and let and do